I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 345. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. My husband and I have been going through a discipleship class at church called Foundations, and it's basically walking through the spiritual disciplines, the the foundations of our faith, so to speak. And it is really good to remind ourselves of the basic practices of our faith and to really understand what scripture teaches about things like studying the word and fasting and meditation and prayer. And all of these things are going to go a long way to, to solidify these practices in our lives. Now, this week's song, Pray by Corinne Hawthorne inspired me to share what I've been studying about prayer with you. And I have some scripture to dive into, but first let's listen. So in the morning I pray, when I feel like I ain't gonna make it, that's when I pray. And now I know even when it's so good, you still need to pray. The Lord hears you when you pray, and he responds when you pray. First of all, I want to share with you scripturally how the things that you are singing along with in the chorus, especially of this song, come from God's word. And then I want to dive into a model for prayer given to us by our Savior. Now, the first claim our chorus makes is that the Lord hears us when we pray. Now, 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 12, it's quoting Psalm 34, actually, when it says this, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. Now, God's ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. That is what scripture teaches us there. My next question would be, and maybe it might be the question that popped into your mind, are you righteous? Am I righteous? Can we ever be righteous enough for God to tune into our prayers? Um, and so I can with full confidence say, I am. I'm righteous in God's sight, but not because of anything I've done because of the righteousness of Christ. And so in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For our sake, God, he, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. So we become the righteousness of God through Christ. So God hears our prayers because when we placed our faith in Christ for salvation, his righteousness was imputed to us. And this is just a fancy way of saying that Christ's righteousness is credited credited to us as if it were our own righteousness. Now, our song also says that God responds when we pray. And how do we know that? Well, in Jeremiah 33, God promises this. He says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not 
known. And Mark 11, Jesus teaches, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. There are so many more examples that God indeed responds when we pray. And then our course also indicates that we need to pray when we feel like we're not going to make it. (laughs) And this reminds me of what Paul teaches in his letter to the Philippians. In um, chapter uh, 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All right, so we've made the case that our chorus rehearses a few aspects of prayer in Scripture that God, uh, that we need to pray, that God hears us and he responds when we pray. But how? How do we pray? Well, this is a great question. And if you've ever asked it, you are not the first disciple of Christ to ask such a thing. In fact, let's start reading in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And before we dive into the the model of the prayer, this request really tells me a lot about prayer. First of all, it's not something that comes naturally. This is not a gift of the Spirit. Like, I receive Jesus, uh, I, I accept Him as my Savior, I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then bam, I know how to pray. It's not like that. It's a spiritual discipline that needs to be learned, and it needs to be practiced. But not only does it need to be learned and practiced, it can be learned and practiced. And so, no matter matter where you are in your prayer life, I believe that God wants to take you deeper. You know, we pray as our form of communication and communion with God. We've already established that he hears us when we pray and that he responds when we pray, but we know by the model of Christ that he wants us to pray. I love the subtitle of Timothy Keller's book entitled Prayer. I'm working my way through it. I'm not quite done yet, but I've learned so much by reading it. But the subtitle of the book is Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God. I love that and I want that. And it's not only worth our effort to deepen our prayer life. It is crucial to our walk with God. It is, it's even commanded. I'm thinking of 1 Thessalonians 5 where it says, pray without ceasing. This is a direct, a direct command. It's, and, and of course, it's not only commanded um, as I, it's also modeled. I've mentioned that, that Jesus himself modeled prayer. And even in this first verse of Luke 11 that we read, we saw that Jesus was praying. And that's what inspired one of his disciples to ask him to teach them how to pray. And I can, I can imagine it was more of like a, a wow, teach me to, how to pray like that moment, um, I imagine. And now we enter um, into this section of scripture where Jesus unpacks what is commonly known um, now as the Lord's Prayer. And depending upon your religious upbringing or the faith family that you're currently a part of, reciting the Lord's Prayer may have been or continues to be a practice of yours. And while I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong in reciting the prayer, I mean, how often do I suggest memorizing scripture and then praying scripture back to God? This prayer is uh, was intended by Jesus to be a model for us, not necessarily a rote prayer to repeat. Although, as I said, it's okay that you repeat it. You're repeating scripture back to God. But then, but let's not leave it there. Let's also understand that it's a model. So let's read this entire prayer and then discover 
the model within it. And it says in verse two of Luke chapter 11, and he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, perhaps this doesn't sound like the prayer that you've known. <laughs> you know, the this prayer uh, was cataloged also in Matthew chapter 6 as well. In fact, there's a little bit more information about prayer when you read this prayer in context in Matthew chapter 6. And uh, reading in context, by the way, is one of my favorite Bible interaction tool exercises. I call these exercises bites for short. And so let's go ahead and read the context around this prayer in Matthew chapter six. It says, and when you pray, I'm starting in verse five, and it says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, in fact, I'm not sure if you realize it yet, uh, but we've been following the bite of exploring a topic in Scripture. Uh, we've been exploring the topic of prayer. But even if you are exploring a topic, it's always good to dig into the context of all of the references that you discover. And this is a way that you will be able to interact with God's word in larger chunks. There's a lot of times, especially, this is especially true of um, sermons. If you take a sermon home, a lot of times a pastor will be exploring a topic or making a point, and, and sometimes he'll take verses, um, one or two verses here or there. And so one way that you can go and study is to take those individual verses and then read them in the context of where they were found. So what does this mean for you this week? For example, you could go back to all of our prayer references from today. For example, I've quoted scriptures from First Peter and Second Corinthians and Jeremiah and Mark. So you could go back and read all of First Peter if you want to. It's only five chapters. You could go read First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter five, the whole chapter, or Jeremiah 33, or Mark chapter 11, or Philippians four. And you read these chapters in their entirety, or um, read the chapter before, the chapter, and the chapter after to get the context of what this one verse that I quoted about prayer um, is found. And then think about what the thoughts on prayer included in these chapters may have meant to the original audience. Is there something else that you could learn about prayer by delving into the context? And all of this, exploring scripture in context, is just a wonderful way to build a foundation of Bible knowledge that will be unmatched over time. So this is a practice that over time you will really begin to see the fruit of. So let's wrap up by looking at the model we first looked at in, in Luke, but realize that there's so many places that you could go on your own this week to explore deeper. So let's look at um, Luke chapter 11 and, and go back to that model. All right, it says, Father, hallowed be your name. All right, th th simply put, this is adoration. We are adoring God for who he is. 
but it's also very personal. It's Father, our Father, Abba Father. This is the God of the universe. His name is holy or hallowed. Another word, a word for hallowed is holy. But he is still Father. He's still very personal. So keeping all of these things in mind as you approach the throne of grace, it's going to be very important as you read God's word and discover new characteristics about God, this is the perfect place to incorporate them into your prayers. You know, I taught my kids to say, I praise you, God, because you are. This helps you differentiate what God has done for you versus just who God is. So our Father, hallowed be your name. We're just going to adore him for who he is. But do we know who he is? Well, hopefully we will as we explore scripture and we we approach God's word as a story about him and not a story about us. We learn more about him. We start to catalog characteristics that we can repeat to him. And so if I start out by saying, I praise you, God, because you are, perhaps I would say holy or righteous or my shield or my protector or lover of my soul, depends on what I've been studying. Those are what I will repeat back to him as words of adoration. Now, spending time adoring God as you enter into this space of prayer reorients your view toward God. This is the whole point. Prayer is not to orient your view toward yourself and your needs. It is awe and intimacy with God, right? So that's uh, this idea that you begin with adoration, reorients your view toward God. Then the next phrase is your kingdom come. This is before the daily bread part. Okay, so remember, I need to reorient my view toward God and his kingdom must be my priority as it is my father's priority. He does care about our daily needs. He absolutely does. But his kingdom takes precedence. We should have his priorities in view over our own. And then comes, give us each day our daily bread. He wants us to ask for what we need. But I do consider, I do uh, think back to manna in the desert. Uh, The model that Jesus is giving us is for daily sustenance, not a storehouse full. I don't know if you've read much about when the manna fell in the desert, but it was for that day. And if they gathered up more than they needed for that day, it would rot and maggots would grow in it. (laughs) So again, this daily bread thing, uh, uh, really understanding that it's for, it's not to pray for us. uh, It's pray for sustenance for what we need, but not for more than what we need for that day. Now, forgive us of our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Oh, Now, this is the place in the model where we confess our sins. If we're not aware of areas of sin, then we're not asking and listening because God will reveal it to us. This part of the model requires self-knowledge and honesty, and confession should not be skimmed over in our prayer lives. And so take some time to really confess and really um, maybe even ponder and pray and ask and listen to for God to reveal those areas to you. And then lead us not into temptation. Um, Charles Spurgeon writes this, It is not every man who perceives the allurements which will beset him or his own tendency to yield to them. I love that. He defines this as a prayer of watchfulness. He goes on to say, It seems to me that the natural prayer of holy horror at the very thought of falling again into sin. I just think that we need to um, 
I've done this. I've prayed for friends who have fallen into deep sin, and I've said something like, there but by the grace of God go I. And I think that this phrase, lead us not into temptation, falls into that category as well. It is, we do not want to fall back into sin if we've been rescued from it by our Savior. And so this is part of that, that prayer of watchfulness. All right, so there's our model. It includes adoration. It includes confession, um, thanksgiving, supplication. Supplication is just a fancy word for saying, um, praying for what we need. Uh, I I use the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, just to remind me of all the things. Uh, But as you look at this model and you can learn a lot more about prayer, we read it just uh, in Matthew chapter six, we read a bunch of details about prayer, about uh, praying in secret, about not showing off about it, not using many empty words. There's so many different things that Jesus taught over there in Matthew chapter six to add to the model that he gave. Um, But as you pray this week, remember that it is something that can be learned and practiced and needs to be learned and practiced. It is a spiritual discipline. This discipline, the word, not meaning I'm correcting disobedience, but training in good habits of life. And so feel free to experiment and explore and read up on prayer and how to deepen your prayer life. But there's no better place to start than the model that Jesus gave his disciples. So what's next? Well, Focus on your prayer life this week. Examine how you normally pray and then compare it to the model that Jesus gives us in Luke 11 and Matthew 6. Consider the truth that God not only hears us when we pray, but he responds. Prayer matters. Deepen this spiritual discipline in your life through study and then practice. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneesat or Instagram at michellekneesat. My public page is michellekneesat. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. Now, you're never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address at michellekneesat.com forward slash 30-day challenge, and you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed recently, like Sylvia from California, Pam from Texas, Michelle from California, Beth from South Carolina, and Lorena from Ontario, Canada. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. And then you also get an email that I send once a week that gives you the show notes for the week and also gives you a memory verse resource that you can display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or print it out. Uh, the the recap of the week's episode and instant access to some of the extra resources that I put together for time from time to time, and all of that, all of those things are just my way of saying thank you for listening. I just I can't meet you at a coffee shop and thank you for listening and have a discussion. So interacting with you via email and social media and being able to give you these things are just my way of saying thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, if you have not had a chance to write a review you in iTunes yet, I would really, really appreciate it. It encourages me and it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally
personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Alicia Ray, who wrote, this was the very first podcast I had listened to by Michelle. I was quickly drawn in and listened closely. She helped me connect to the scripture, but also helped me to really think about tuning and being observant of what hidden scripture may be in songs I listen to during quiet times. Thank you, Michelle. Well, thank you, Alicia Ray, for taking the time for this kind review. And I hope that you will continue to be drawn to the truth of scripture and that you can use the power of music to help reinforce that in your life. Now, of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Rise Up, Lazarus by Cain to lead us to scripture. Now, if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 345. When you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.